You're listening to an irreverent podcast. Visit Irreverent FM for more content from my friends. Hello, hello, and welcome to Bad Words, an ex-evangelical podcast where we give toxic theology the read that it deserves by taking another look at some of the books that have been given major influence in evangelical Christianity. I am Janice Legata, and this is a meeting of the Bad Book Club. We are reading The Bait of Satan by John Bevere, biting into it one chapter at a time. I'll read the opening paragraph and give a few thoughts, and then join one of the members of the Bad Book Club for a discussion. In the end, I'll read the closing paragraph and give some closing thoughts, all with the intention of leaving you free to think your own thoughts about the chapter, the book, and all things really so. Without further ado, let's get into... Chapter 14, Objective Reconciliation. You have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not murder, and whoever murders will be in danger of the judgment. But I say to you that whoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment, and whoever says to his brother, Raka, shall be in danger of the council. But whoever says, you fool, shall be in danger of hellfire. Therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar, and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar, and go your way. First be reconciled to your brother, and then come and offer your gift. Matthew 5, 21-24 This quote comes from the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus started by saying, You have heard that it was said to those of old. Then he said, But I say to you. Jesus continues this comparison throughout this portion of his message. First he quotes the law that regulates our outward actions. Then he shows its fulfillment by bringing it into the heart. So in God's eyes, a murderer is not limited to one who commits murder. He is also the one who hates his brother. What you are in your heart is how you really are. Well, we made it. Chapter 14. It's the big finish, so of course JB would start with a big chunk of scripture and start making some big assumptions right out of the gate. And I'll be honest, these verses have been the most triggering for me in this book. Or maybe I've just blocked everything else out. But either way, these verses have been used, I think, very successfully to make people think they are worse than they are and therefore, you know, worthy of whatever bad treatment they encounter because everything is a lesson and everything is a test. But I don't think that's true. Everything in moderation, right? Do a lot of bad things that people do start in their thoughts and feelings? Yes, but being angry is not the same as murdering someone, and the vast majority of the time doesn't lead to murder. So, WTF, Jesus? Why are you so dramatic? You're being a real JB about all this, but maybe that's because all this, I think, was written to the JBs of the world. So much of Jesus's ministry was about turning things on their head, and because most of us have been fed the scripture from someone over us, we have taken it as a blanket lesson for everyone. But I think Jesus was speaking up. I think he was talking to people at the top of the bottom, the men. It's not as blatant at the beginning, but if you keep reading, he's talking about adultery. If you look at a woman with lust, he's talking to the men. He's talking about divorce. Anyone who divorces his wife, he's talking to the men. And then when you place this in its proper time and context, even when he's talking about, you know, settling with an adversary on the way to court, he's talking to men. So I think Jesus was trying to break the cycle of oppression by trying to show a new way of being on top, a humble way. It is placing the responsibility for reconciliation on the person, the people with power. And I think John knows that. So he starts muddying the waters early. He says that murderers are not limited to people who murder. It also includes the one who hates his brother, except that's not what the verse says at all. It says angry without cause. Being angry is not the same as hating. And even if it was, let's say I hate you. 
and therefore have murdered you. The whole thing with murder is that there's no coming back from that. So if I hate you today and have therefore murdered you and God can't tell the difference, if I get over it tomorrow or just slide into a gentle ambivalence about you, do I still have to pay that murder price? Do that murder time? And how many times have I murdered John Bevere? None. Because I hate everything about his book, but I just feel sorry for him and his main, main God. So put on your biggest bib as we crawl into a Bevere word soup for one last time with book club members number 14 and 15. My name is Mary, Mr. Benson. Yes, I'm James. James Joseph Benson. <laughs> and we are, together. we are, the, together we make the people that speak on the trunk and Oh, yeah, we comprise the drinks with the Benson. Yes, thank you, because I already had my mimosas this morning, y'all. No judgment. No judgment whatsoever. Yeah, yeah, there's still still time. Right. And what else? And we have... We successfully read Chapter 14. Oh. The Vegas Sanctum. And we're still here. My head didn't explode, y'all. I'm still in the building. No sooner had it gone out with the recycling. Just like two months. It wasn't long ago. Yeah, we... Yeah, we threw it out. It was but, yeah, um, handful of weeks, yeah. maybe two months ago. We didn't want nobody else to get that point. Okay. It's like no, when you're deleting a file and the warning pops up and it says, "Are you sure?" We sure. We sure. And, yeah, we check our inbox and there's chapter fourteen waiting for us. Like, <laughs> are you sure you're done? Are you sure you're done reading this book? Because it's straight trash. <laughs> but go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, when did you first become aware of this book? Didn't he come to church? Yeah, oh yeah. We were on the circuit, you know, being... Mm-hmm. We was being one of the... A, t- yeah, one of the tour... One uh, of the tour a mega church with some uh, Australian ties, you know. Mm-hmm. We were bringing some names. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So he was there preaching so his little book. Yeah, we heard it direct. Mm-hmm. And then we ran out there with our little credit cards, lined up, girl, getting ready to buy the bullshit <laughs> that he was touting. Well, uh, yeah. you know, he was master of the package. You know, there was always a package. Yes, there was, was a journal. Curriculums, journals, right. DVDs, all in support of basically pretty much just saying the title of the book a bunch of different ways. But. Pretty much. That was it. That was it. I got me a new highlighter. And then his wife was out here doing, what was she doing? What was the one with oh. the change? I bought the I bought the, the charms, girl. They had the charms. Mary had selfies. Fight like a girl. Miss Bavia came out with the fight like a girl. I had the, the, the chain. I had the bracelet, girl. I had the journal, the That's water right. bottle. That's well, right. you know, because Pandora Ooh. alludes to something kind of satanic, so. And we read, we read that, and it was basically like, it was teaching the minions how to act. Like, don't be coming, don't, don't step out of place. <laughs> that was that yeah. book. Like, just in case you thought about asking questions, don't. <laughs> <laughs> Here's your answer. All the answers you ever need. <laughs> So that's what we thought about that book. We read it real quick, and we put we 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 um follow suit. You know, we yeah. follow the rules. Yeah. You know. I remember. I remember being. It was somewhere during the movie theater phase of the uh, the church plant. Oh, we were yeah. opting. We were buying for a second we, location yeah. across town. Yeah. To be a, a dual campus thing. So Jimmy means we were suffering, suffering. Yeah. I'm talking about waking up mm-hmm. early in the morning, getting everything ready. Yeah. And we was already having a fence because you know the superstars would show up. To I got come. to. I got the vent yeah. about it this week. I found an old picture of the, the trailer when it's neatly packed at the end of the day. And all the uh, wow. twitches in my eye that came back seeing that. <laughs> I, got, I, got, I got to get that one off my chest. <laughs> what you did? 
You did. You did. Misery, yeah. <laughs> but that was, yeah, that was probably the first time I remember hearing the words Bait of Satan together. Mm-hmm. And even however indoctrinated and Kool-Aid status we were at the time, even that title is jarring. <laughs> it was. Then, I remember. Even some Christians was like, what the hell is that? Yeah, what you mean? it just felt really, it, it almost felt like old school in a way, like, isn't this the kind of lingo we're trying to, like, get away from? Get the, yeah, get yeah. the the more relevant church to steer away from. Yeah, but he, I mean, you know, it's all about sensationalism, is it not? You got to get something else to pop them in the face. Because the last pastor, what he brought, last preacher, what he brought, I got to bring a different brand. Right. You know what I mean? Not, <laughs> not to be out there. So all he did was recycle what his parents did or, you know, people before. Yeah. And never mind that it makes no sense. None. Because bait is typically something you want. Right. Right. <laughs> And who is out here hungry for offend me? Things wrong with the lingo. I don't know if this is the right time for it. <laughs> it just doesn't look right. Well, the, so the pref, I think it was the preface or one of the early chapters, the defining um, spiel about what the bait is. Um, mm-hmm. Talks about like the original like language for the part of the trap. So. Technically, we're not talking about the bait itself. We're talking about the part of the trap where the right. bait goes on to. But I guess that's too much of a mouthful for the... Yeah, he just, he had it. time. That's all it was. <laughs> like, you know, something means something. No, I'm John Bevere. So guess what? I'm going to change the meaning of it now and sell it to y'all. And y'all pass is going to tell you it's true. And that's it. Blah, I make my money. Right. Keep moving. Yeah. That's what it was. Yeah. Bait of Satan. Offense. Right. I said, wait a minute, wouldn't the bait of Satan sex? Oh, shit, that's not it? Oh, damn. Right. It's a fence? Oh, damn, because I wouldn't even have a sex anyway. I thought it was good. Right. <laughs> that does sound like one of those uh, <laughs> naughty stores you go into. Yeah, like Nancy's Nook or, you know, the pink banana or something. <laughs> you think it's something sexual. And then all of a sudden you say it's a fence? Oh, shit, okay. Now I really got to buy the book. <laughs> right, because I don't get it. Right, because all these motherfuckers are pissing me. me off. So I need this book. Right. That's what it was. It was, it was control. It was, um, what did they call it? Apparently there's just cheese strewn around everywhere. Yeah, because pastors, yes. I really think it was made in response to what he was already getting from awesome. his peoples. Okay, and they were saying, because you remember that part where he said he was, you know, people were calling him rude and harsh and this. And I was like, wait a minute. I was like, I know I could be loud. But nobody has, nobody's ever said I was harsh or rude right. or nasty with them. They would say, oh, you was loud. I know that. But I was never nasty and right. rude and harsh. I was like, sorry, you got a problem. That's why you wrote this book. Because you don't want to deal with the damn problems that you got you, the way you treat your damn employees. Let's talk yep. about that, sir. But no, instead of him dealing with his shit, going to his therapist, he going to make a book about it and say it's all of y'all. This is what y'all need to do. And with, you know what I'm saying? That's what I was triggered. I was triggered. I said, oh, boy, you know, you wildin'. But we've given him that position to do something. Right. So that's why he had the balls to do it. Like, who the hell want to do something like that? You got a problem, <laughs> sir. Oh, okay, why? Let me write a book about y'all and why y'all made me act like that and how y'all need to learn how to take it like this. Y'all not being yep. good Christians because you're not letting me be harsh to you. Right. <laughs> and rude. <laughs> you ain't taking it. So how did you feel about having to read part of it again? 
I was excited because <laughs> I was excited just because I was going to get to read it from a different perspective, right? <laughs> so before I was reading it from like, oh, I've got to get better. I've got to get better. So I'm just going to inhale it and not even give it any kind of critical thought. Not I'm going. I'm not. I'm not going to question anything. I'm just going to go in. This time I was reading every sentence like you bitch ass motherfucker. <laughs> like how the fuck you get away with saying this shit? Who the hell do you think you are? You ain't, you act like you an expert in this, that, and the third, talking about bitterness and all of that. You don't even know what, you know, like I was, it took me a while to read that one chapter. <laughs> it took me a while because I was getting them. It was a while. I was getting them. <laughs> I was getting them. Yeah, I think, I think leading up to it, the feeling was kind of like, oh, I, uh, I read it. We kept it on ourself for years. I'm mm-hmm. sure we could just kind of, I'm sure I could just run it down, you know, and getting into it did help me to remember like how oversimplified the point was, you know, and, and and it was good to dig back into some of the subtleties of how that whole case gets built. So, like, the, the grain of truth, the validity in it that makes it something worth talking about gets lost really quick, you know, like, the, uh, I mean, I think there is a point in talking about how to deal with offense, obviously, because that is, that's a fact of life. And it'll edge into it every now and then. It was this kind of roller coaster ride of like, okay, we're about to start talking about how people in leadership take assume accountability for mm-hmm. their actions mm-hmm. and deal with the emotional collateral that other people have been burdened with because of their misjudgment or whatever. And then it it never fully veers into that. Yeah. It's just like, oh yeah, you know, we're human and we'll make a mistake and we got to own our mistakes. But mostly it's because delayed people need to learn how to fall in line. And yeah, <laughs> and not be and not be so. Oh, the one thing that got me was not to believe that you have been offended. Some people believe that they've been hurt, and it's a belief. What? Wait, hold up. How do you know that you hurt somebody if the person that was hurt, that you say that that belief is not true? uh, It got jerked over to duality really quick. It was. Yeah. I I mean, so to paraphrase, it says, "Well, there's two types of people: the ones who have been genuinely offended, and people who believe and feel like they were offended." I'm like, well, how do you? It's like stepping on my foot, and I say, ow, and you say, oh, well, mm, that you believe that, yeah. but that wasn't my intention. I'm not, my toe didn't hurt that much. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? It's just simple. It's almost like it's a manual on how to really just glide through the offenses or the hurts and the pains that these pastors are going to cause you. Yeah. It's almost like he's just saying it like, look, this is what we're going to do to you, and this is going to be your way of getting through it and getting over it. And expanding in this enterprise right that's the only way right don't question if i hurt you that wasn't my intention i you know it glazes over i'm borrowing heavily from the no white saviors page (laughs) they they have a really good way of parsing out the realities of impact versus intent and i think this book focuses solely on intent doesn't it doesn't it doesn't get you to confront the reality of the impact of your actions. Right. You can see that judge your own intention and make people fall in line with what you intend. It's real surfacey. Like, no, I'm not gonna take it. I'm not gonna take responsibility for what I did. You just need to learn how to be unoffendable because that's good Christians. That's what good Christians yeah. do. Yeah. Right. I don't know if people use that word outside of Virginia Beach. Unoffendable. That was. Did it? Did it make its way to New York Hill song? How I mean, yeah. Unoffendable. Unoffendable. I don't know spirit. if it's used outside of. Evangelical Christianity. Oh. <laughs> like I think it's a very Christianese yeah. word. Yeah, that's, that's our. That's our. <laughs> like, does the secular world use the word unoffendable? No. I don't think so. You must be unoffendable. I said, "What the hell is that?" 
That's our that's our constant self check. Is I mean, you, you get into a if if you're involved in a church that breaks the one thousand mark roughly, you start thinking that you're a global phenomenon and everybody yeah. thinks and experiences what you do. Mm-hmm. So that's been a that's been one of those unraveling elements for us is to realize like there was a lot of stuff that felt like it was just like common experience that was really just our little group going through that. You know, like I think one thing that's helped too, like the way you the way you kind of paint the reality of like. You know, Hillsong painting itself as a global entity. And, and mm-hmm. yes, they have a presence globally in a lot of places, but they're also not, like, that big. Mm-mm. It's, uh, right. it's yeah. huge in the Christian world, mm-hmm. but yeah. in the real world, yeah, in the nobody real world, knows, don't nobody knows your ass. Right. Right. You know, don't nobody know y'all. But that was, that, that was what stood out for me, for the most part, was, like, you don't want to take responsibility for the bullshit. You just write a book about it because... The deconstruction community is growing. <laughs> hey, that word, that word wasn't even out. That, it wasn't was out. That? that was like early two thousands. <clears throat> that's that's when we got hit with the world tour. Yeah, um, but the book came out in ninety four originally. Oh, oh right. yes, right. I remember. But you know what? Our friend Gervine, she what? She's about what early fifties or something, and she said. Yeah. She said, what's this deconstruction thing? She's like, I've been going through this for years. <laughs> this ain't just start. <laughs> right. I've been right. questioning these mofos for a minute. So, yeah. so I always remember she saying that. And I'm like, you know what? It was more, I think we have more of a, um, a platform that's, that's welcoming. Yeah. And like, yeah. yo, we got you. You know, anybody come for you, we're going to descend upon them. You know? Yeah. Whereas back then, you were by yourself. It's like explaining cryptocurrency. You know, like okay, it's 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 decentralized and it's based on the fact that people agree it has value. <laughs> Anything beyond that, I have no idea. <laughs> James, I mean, those are the important elements, right? That's true. That's true. <laughs> yeah. Right, one, like one person, and until you're part of it, you can't really explain it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I own some. Uh, Alright, so what chapter did you guys have? 14. What was it about? 14. What was the final chapter, right? It I felt like it the was. final. No, because the last, yeah. the last yeah. thing you, you guys are the big finish. Yes. But what I didn't like about it was it, it helped. Well, actually, it did have some good things about it. And this is the one good thing I remember was when I did read it, I confronted my Connect group leader. And she was a hater. So anytime I would talk to the group, she would have something to say and she was hating. So I wasn't saying anything. I read the book and I says, well, you know, in order for me, I got to leave my offering at the altar and run back and go, you know, and settle it with whoever offended oh, yeah. me or whatever. Not letting the so, sun set on that. But I called her and I was like, yo, like the way you was talking to me, I didn't appreciate it, blah, blah. And she says, she said the dumbest I hope my investment in you hasn't been such and such. And I was like, wait a minute, investment? It helped me to open my eyes of the bullshit that was going on. That's what it really did. Because when she said that, I was like, oh, investment, bitch? Investment. <laughs> so, so, but that that was the one thing that it helped me with. I, I was learning to confront people. However, now that I'm reading it now, it's going off of the, um, the sayings of some random dude named Paul. Right. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah, it has oh. some of... Paul, but, Paul bros. <laughs> you know, Paul, who the hell, like, Paul is just a regular person like me and you. Yeah. Anyway, but that's what was, that's what got to me. And then also it was getting off the interpretations. Those interpretations 
the way he was just pulling it and just saying, oh, this, that, and the third, that's why it means this. So I was thinking, I was like, wait a minute. It's coming from the interpretations of one white man to another white man. And then that white man is interpreting it for us. Now we can understand it. And I'm like, yo, wait, nah, dude, you're making this your own thing. Yeah. And just feeding it to us and saying, hey, listen to me. I'm the expert on these things. Not, not saying, oh, if you have a fence or if there's bitterness in your heart, let's go to the therapist. There's different ways to, you know, go through. No, this is the way you go through it, period, end of story. I didn't like that. I didn't like homeboy for that. That was my main thing. <laughs> Approaching someone who has offended you. You know what I was funny, though, what? when I was reading Janice? Was in the beginning when he was talking about it, at the first chapter, well, no, the 14th, the first paragraph. And I said, if these pastors would just read this one paragraph, they wouldn't be blocking mofos from, from you know, debates right. and questions. Right. They, they would be open to say, hey, how have I wronged you? Why don't you leave pastor, your stuff at the altar, Right. And come figure out and come over to these people over here who you said was family. How have I rockered you? <laughs> right. How have I rockered you? Exactly. But I was just thinking, I was like, yo, if they just follow these rules, but they don't. So you're willing to sell this book, right? On your tables in your foyer. Where, no, you're blocking us. Saying, no, 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 no. We ain't got to talk to them. Why? No, we were your right hand man, right? Now we don't yeah. agree with you. Now we're, we're chopped liver. What's that? It's that. Uh, I mean, it's that culture of exceptionalism. Like, once you have, once you've achieved a certain status, it's almost like, okay, you don't have to do the uh, rudimentary work. stuff. You don't have to do what the, <laughs> the lay people do. You don't have to. The lay people. <laughs> you have ascended. Yeah. You're, you're beyond that. Right. Right. <laughs> the lay people. It's a. Uh, it's like that weird. Um, that croniest, good old boy kind of thing where, you know, yes. you're you're trying to do things the way everybody else is and then somebody comes along and just kind of winks at you and you're like, you don't need that. You don't need that. That's, you don't need that's that. for them. That's for them. Exactly. For them to buy all of the shit yeah. that we bought, the pens and the, and the journals and the... Yeah. And that, that feels like right. the attitude that kind of makes people who need to give pause to those ideas kind of a, a pass from ever doing that. But I think that's yeah. why it's so dangerous, though, because it's like... I remember taking that book as like it was like the Bible. A lot of these Christian, you know, preachers, and they write these books. It becomes a Bible to people. Yeah. We treat it just like the Bible. We highlight it and all this stuff, and it becomes a part of the way we act. Yeah. So it's now another layer on top of our real, another layer to our facade, right? Yeah. And yeah. I think that it, it just, it's so dangerous. It hurts people. And that's why Jimmy and I, when we started, when we wanted to, at first we wanted to give the books away, but then we were like, no, we don't want people to have this at all. Then we, right. um, we ended up throwing in the trash, right. making right. sure it was recycled and, you know, let the fun guy deal with Imagining it. Imagining this you know scenario in a thrift store across town. Right. like, mm. I don't want my baby going to the library and picking that up and then come pointing her hands at me talking about, you need Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I know I failed. Raka, Raka, mommy, yeah, you supposed to say something. Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior. Uh, uh, no. But it feels like there's something. <laughs> it feels like there's something about that that's by design, though. When it comes to the uh, the peppering of scripture and then your own interpretation, your own thoughts, and then bouncing off of like, oh, uh, and speaking of the one word, English word in this scripture, it reminds me of another English word in another, and um, yeah. it's almost. Uh, it feels like a uh, tactic where you can get so disoriented with something that you eventually just start synthesizing everything as a single body. And you have already been convinced of the authority of Scripture. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. if there's enough of that, 
peppered in there. Yeah, supporting, you know, the pillars of your own bias and your own taste that you're trying to say, then it starts to it starts to look like just part of the same picture after a while. And I noticed that when when I was doing the reread that uh, that subtle kind of creeping in of okay, well, we just bounced around to some scriptures, and then he started saying some things on his own, like, "Hey, we should do this. It should be like that." And I kind of caught myself noticing that synthesis of, well, "Okay, well, this is Bible," and then his opinion. Let me squeeze my idea and, in there, and it all kind of <laughs> just kind of feels the same because yeah, it seems to agree with this and that. You have no, you have no education uh, experience of 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 counseling humans. Having a human experience, right? All, all you got is a little bit of coins because you got on somebody saved and said your opinion. You yeah. know, I think that's that's where it becomes dangerous because a lot of people will take that as their therapy, Thank and God. not and they're not dealing with some real deep shit that has happened to them. Or yeah. it, I kind of feel like also it gives predators like a chance to keep being predatory. Yeah, and the victim now has to get silenced yeah. because they yeah. don't want to take the bait of Satan. I think that's the problem. Right. So it, it benefits it benefits predatory behavior. Yeah, I mean, Absolutely. long story short, yeah, it's a way of putting the onus back on a victim. Mm-hmm. I mean, but that was what that was what the whole evangelical was about. <laughs> it was, it's your fault. It's wrong, that's you. Right. You've seen it the wrong way. What right. you see. I mean, you're already, the, you're already the reason you had to go die. It's your dysfunction that put him on the cross. <laughs> you was there. Even in the book. In this chapter, he talks but about... But I wasn't even a Roman soldier. No, you weren't. You know, you, you, y'all are saying. Y'all one and the same. Right. He talks about there's, there's no condemnation. Like my... Yeah. There's no... Con- but oh then my you, gosh. You're condemning people. Like, that, if I'm that, fine... That's exactly And what you come to me right. and tell me, I know you think you're okay, <laughs> but you actually have sin, and you killed the Son of God, and now you need to repent and right. come over here. Right. I was fine. <laughs> I, was, yeah. I was doing my civic duty, minding my business. All of a sudden, I did that? Me? All of that? Right. Well, God damn. That yes. is condemnation. I mean, there's, uh, <laughs> You're right. There's really compelling uh, testimonial uh, <laughs> evidence that gets brought in there. I mean, <laughs> not really. Like, you know, because, I mean, so this was part of the roller coaster ride for me was, yeah, there would be like a story of, oh, so-and-so read it and reconnected with an old relative and that, you know, changed their life and it brought them to tears and all this. And, um, and you know, so for a split second, you're thinking, okay, well, hold on, we got to Okay, what you got to do is you got to come say hi to Miss Janice yeah, real quick. This is Rose. She decided she wanted to have some French toast sticks. You say hi to Miss Janice. Say hi, hi, Rose. All right, you want a podcast, baby. So you got to keep moving. All right. Come on. <laughs> yeah, there was something about the... Uh... What? What, the Jesus thing? We were talking about condemnation. Just his general use of scripture. All right. His flagrant use of scripture. What's that called? That's a sales, it's a sales technique. It's called the... Um, not bait and switch, but it's the one where you're kind of saying, like, here it is. You say bait? It's the one where it's like, it, it could be yours. It's right here. You know, so no condemnation. You could feel not condemned. Right. But really quick, let's talk about why you can't. I don't know if there's an actual sales term for that, but you know, it's like, it's like when the, it's like when the door to door people show you the brochure of what could be. And then yeah. we got to talk about, we got to talk about money now, or we got to talk about 
Yeah, it really. <laughs> and, and when he talked about how it was like the most powerful book that you'll probably ever read or something like that. Oh, yeah. Was, you know, I thought, I was like, you know what? He had to do that I in order really, for it to, he, that beta Satan book. That, that line on its own, I had to take like my own personal, like, 30 second break. Like, one, one, I one had of the to things. wait for my eyes to unroll. <laughs> <laughs> to read the rest. <laughs> you rolled them right up into the eyes. I was like, have you been writing speeches for a recent president? Like, <laughs> this is the best speech you've ever been. Been. <laughs> <It's> never been. It's never been. I mean, hey, they all want influence in Washington. <laughs> But yeah, like the first thing I thought of was like, ah, oh, Christian sensationalism. We need to oh, up yeah. the, we need to up the other book before, you know what I mean? Like right. we need to. What none of them are saying, what they are saying is, you thought the Bible was something. <laughs> Watch when I break Wait it down. <laughs> I'm, about to, yeah. I'm about to break it down. Right. You know. So that's what I thought of that, and then I thought of like, no, he also needed a way to drill in this narrative of if you ever feel like questioning, don't. You know, I've got to really, so if I let them know, like, this is, you're going to feel offended by this. That means that, you know, this book is working oh, and yeah. it's just showing that you've got some things to work on. I was telling Jimmy in the car, I, I think I switched it. It was another book that I read of his. I don't know whether it was Good and God or something, but it was one, it was one point where he was talking about how some guy who was practically good on earth got to the judgment seat <clears throat> and all of a sudden God was like, you ain't do good. You going to hell. And his goodness turned into snarling, and he's grasped at the this end. Was, this was in the year 2015 <laughs> AD. There's still somebody in mainstream Christianity trying to, trying to, go, thought, trying to go Jonathan Edwards on. He started snarling at the Lord. <laughs> he turned into a vicious beast. And then I said, the first thing I thought to myself was like, well, shit, if that happened to him, then I was fucked picture of how a lot of a lot of uh, church folk want to believe like that somebody you know even in their last minute somebody could right. accept christ and be redeemed and all that and mm -hmm. you know up to their very last minute they could do something to deserve yeah um, to yeah. go to heaven or whatever it's like this is turning it on its head and saying at the very last minute you're going to do something to deserve <laughs> to go to hell <laughs> no matter how good you are you that. still got shit going on and it needs to be purged. <laughs> when I read this book, that's how I was feeling. I was like, oh, shit, I thought I had it down packed. And come to find that I still got shit that I got to work on. <laughs> some, some monster from, from Lord of the Rings is waiting to bust out of here. <laughs> and hit the Lord in his face while he at the judgment seat. And they're going to drag me along. And when I saw that, I was like, well, I don't even know if there's any hope for me to end Chance to make my own self, I wouldn't have made myself like that. 
with some deep, right. dark monster shit at the bottom of my belly that comes out, at, you know, at the judgment seat. But I remember him, I was thinking about that, and I was like, oh my gosh, like, it was almost like, you know how they, when a, a company is going down, and they, and they don't know what else to do, and they start bringing in all these experts to, come, to help us, please help us. And That's I kind of feel like John Bevere is that one guy that they bring in, like, oh, wait, our, our congregation, they start to have brains again, they want to start asking questions, and they want to start doing this, come put them in their place. <laughs> Here's a couple of thousand dollars, you know what I mean? You can even sell your stuff over here. And he comes and he yeah. songs and dance on the stage, and then all of a sudden we go back home and we're like, it's us, it was us all along, even though we getting beating our head and getting slashed on our backs. <laughs> they're, they're not letting us put a convicted child abuser back on staff. We better... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the monster was me the whole time. <laughs> Two episodes of Insecure, and here you go. <laughs> in, the, in the mirror. Mirror bitch. Yeah. Right, right, right. mirror bitch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh boy. But he like that. The scripture he opens with in this chapter is confusing. The Rocco one. Just on its yeah. own, like the way, yeah, the way it's set up. I'm like, who is it? Who is it talking about? Like in each sentence, does it does it switch? Because it talks about, well, you will say this. Yep. And but so I'm like, okay, I don't, I don't know. But he's gonna use that how he wants to use it. Anyway, Mm -hmm. and then yeah, he jumps around, uses all these scriptures, and then like throughout the whole book, he has this thing he does where he'll start a story and then he just won't finish it. Nope. And he'll like leave you to assume what happens. He never really says. He never really so talks about. If Christopher, you know, you'll regret it. it if you look back, you know, and and ask yourself what you could have done to save this relationship. He tells that whole story and then doesn't say what actually, say. like how it actually went. Right. But you're just supposed to assume. Oh yeah, he had to go back. And right. Well, you got to plant the question whatever. in your mind and right. assume that you're going to find a solution or an answer to that question. And without having to hear the rest of the story, you fill your own blanks by saying, "Oh, it's got to do something. It's got something right. to do with." And plus, yeah. I could just smell the, the just the arrogance of him being this white man, and you could just pump out books and know that people are going to just get on stage and know people going to buy it and just say bullshit. Yeah. Because if this was like, I think this, if this was like some, an actual expert on human behavior put out this book, he'd have got buried under the damn jail. Right. <laughs> it's, it's, it's bull crap. And, and you selling at that rate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? So even that scripture, he has, and I was shocked to see it. I was like, oh, a footnote. <laughs> really? <laughs> so, so, yes, yeah, so on page 156. Hmm. After Godless, uh-huh. you see the little two. So there's a footnote. So then I went and looked it up. <laughs> and all it says is this word, Ibit. Uh-huh. And then there's only, I think, a total of 14 footnotes in this book. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's, it's all on one page, so it's easy to see the other ones. Which way? So in chapter up. 7, I see a footnote with the same word. So then I go back to look in chapter 7, and it has to do with, like, when he calls Peter... Like, the rock of the church. Right. Like, that's where that footnote is, and it's the same word. <laughs> so it makes <laughs> no sense. 
Chan, what is his name? Chandler Brady. He oh, said, keep your lives together. And they all over the place. I bet if Jesus comes back, you'd lie to his face. <laughs> that's, that's what I was thinking of when he was just dragging shit. He's just pulling. But you know what, though? I was When I was reading it, I was thinking about all of those scriptures. And it's very similar to every single Christian or uh, evangelical Christian author out there. Yes. That they've written books and they know what we want. All at that time, anyway. <clears throat> we wanted scripture right. to be able to say, okay, this is good. This is a good book. Pastor already gave it to us. Right. So they're just pulling scripture out of, oh, it says the word because they use the concordance, of course. And then they'll take the word. And, <laughs> and mind you, this, this word is used in a different context. No, it don't matter. It just, it looks nice over here. We're going to bring it in over here. He right. said, oh, um, the fool says in his heart, there's no God. Yeah, but this fool, it says empty, Raka means empty-headed, which he said also is like a fool, so therefore, the, the Raka means godless. You godless if you take offense to what I'm doing. But and are we talking about the, the same original word and I'm translated just, from? Yeah, and I'm like, no, it doesn't even work like that. First of all, all of the NIV and all of the others, they were translated from also another white, just a room of bigoted white people. Right. And he's not <laughs> NIV. That's devilish. That's like, devilish. Like, is King James Version. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I remember That's that day. Remember when that Christian girl called us? She called this girl. She said, she said the NIV, let me not even start how devilish that is. She said, you devilish. need to be re- reading the King James Version. Well, come on, wait. Last time I checked, when we looked at Doctor Who, and they went back in time to go visit King James, he was a buster-ass nigga. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> He was out here killing people, talking about they was witches and stuff like that. Yeah. (laughs) Jimmy gets so uncomfortable with us. (laughs) He gonna sit in the corner. He gonna sit in the corner and check. I mean, imagine me being being like, yeah. I'm gonna be uncomfortable every time. But I mean, I said what I said. We went back there and he was, but yeah, that's the one that we're supposed to listen to. Oh, that's the one that such and such uses, so that is law. And that, that's, right. like, you, I don't know if I, I think I reposted it. When they were talking about the King James Version, when it came out with the homosexuality, and they switched it out for sexual perversion. It was sexual pervert they were talking about. Right. And in, what, it was 1846 or whatever time they did it, they, he decided to put, instead of sexual pervert, homosexual. And some they wrote letters to him and said, yo, this is dangerous. Now, see how many people died from that. From that right. simple change. And now yeah. you, John Bavir, want to come from that. From that translation. And refeed it to me. But what do they say? Piss on me and tell me it's raining. That's what he was doing. Yeah. And John Bavaria will piss on you, <laughs> tell you it's raining, and tell you better like it. <laughs> and here's a course on how to like it. It's <laughs> a DVD series. Golden Showers DVD set. <laughs> that was kind of gross. Sorry. That was gross. But he's like, Golden Showers DVD. separately? Wonderful. <laughs> Yeah. Together, must be better. But must be better. <laughs> right. Well, it's like even the... What? Well, so, like, uh, okay, so the um, the chapter, it says objective reconciliation on the tab, but then in the actual book, it's objective semicolon reconciliation. What you got no, because, no, like, objective reconciliation sounds like an intelligent, healthy right. thing to pursue between people, but <laughs> then when you open it up, it says, yeah, objective, colon, reconciliation. Oh, so, like, like, it's oh. a lesson. So, yeah, recon- so reconciliation itself is just the objective. Right. Instead it's of It's not you. like how, like, 
I thought they actually had invented a kind of smart-sounding term there, you know, objective. So, okay, being objective, weighing out all the factors, knowing who was harmed and how, and where the responsibility lies. There's a lot of objectivity you can have in that in that phase of reconciling yourself to somebody. That's true. I was like, oh, cool, we're going to get into some nuts and bolts of uh, conflict management. No, but it, I don't like the way they gave. Up in there. I don't like the way they gave the power to the person who's doing the offense, though. Right. Yeah. You give that. The person who's doing the the person who's doing the hurt now has the power to say, "Oh, you believe that I hurt you. You, you didn't really." It wasn't what I meant. That's not what it is. So it's just a right. really nice gaslighting book. It really is. Well, there's a really fantastic tool of users have at their disposal of forgetfulness, being able to say, "I don't even remember that happening. I, I am sorry," and they'll vocal they'll vocalize an apology and sound apologetic without there's even no, no really without even giving any affirmation of what happened. Right. You must, I don't know what you're making up, but I can, I can sound sorry for whatever you're imagining happened. And then just the, um, he, re I mean, he really be big enough the devil in here. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, Luce was just minding his business in L.A. You know, he's being a detective, <laughs> you know what I mean, with Detective Decker. Right, and he just minding his business. But here you are, Mr. Bavia, you writing about him, talking about he's the enemy of our souls, and, and Luce was just trying to make his life right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> It's like it's like when a when an angry mob points to some random person on the street and gang up on him and they're just minding their own business. Just like, minding his own business. Oh, he's the enemy of our soul. And I was thinking about it. Like there's a lot. Of, there's been a lot about you know stop traumatizing and abusing our children by telling them this. And I'm realizing like yo, that was a whole another form of abuse right there. Is like yeah. stealing a baby's childhood from them because they can't do what children do because they think they're gonna go to hell. Oh yeah. I was in. I think I was in. Was that fifth grade? Fifth grade when this girl was trying to get me saved. And all we was doing was the homeroom teacher walked out and we started doing the drums on the desk. And then she said, Mary, you don't want to do that. Jesus don't like that. So, oh, Jesus. Jesus be in church on Sundays. What are you doing in my classroom? I'm right. just trying to, you know? And then she's like, no, there's, 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 the damnation is hell and fire. They're going to poke you with some sticks and stuff down there. I said, oh, damn. That was fifth grade. That was 10 years old. I mean, I'm pretty sure Jimmy probably, Jimmy said he got saved at five. So wonder what he was running from. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that was part of what prompted me wanting to um, pray the prayer. <laughs> you know, yeah. Somebody, the, there was somebody in the church who had had some near-death experience and was talking about them going through a, like, experiencing hell in some way. And me thinking, well, I should make sure. <laughs> <laughs> make sure I don't go to hell. And, uh, yeah, yeah, being... You know, that young, you know, what, like, second, first or second grade, and already having that, that's a heavy thing to have on your conscience. Like, I'm, I'm seeing, we have, you know, a kindergartner and a second grader in our house. I can't imagine either of them, like, having to weigh yes. the eternity of their soul on the scale yeah. at that age. Like, um, To be so. honest, I don't even think Mr. Bavia don't, he doesn't even, they're, pro they're just doing it simply for money right now. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, I don't think he thinks when he's pushing out this agenda. It's just something you've been doing for this long time now, and it's bringing in the dollars. COVID out here in these streets. Let me just keep pumping out these bullshit books. Yeah, I might you be know. paraphrasing you, but, like, if these people are living in fear of a God who would condemn that, then they would stop half the things they're doing. Facts. If they, they really believe, believe in a vengeful God that exercises judgment on them on that level. Yeah, they don't. They don't believe. Yeah. They don't believe. But, I mean, John Bevere, he, he bums me out. And not just because his books are bad, but I'm like, you are a miserable He's man. Right. Just your view of God yeah, and yeah. how you apparently treat people. Yeah. You are, you make me sad. Like, he's told on himself 
when he was talking about, oh, I was being harsh and being rude. When he said all of that, I was like, well, God damn, what did he say that? I said, well, God damn, like, you know, you need to, you need some therapy. You frustrated, sir. What did he say? Where was it? He said, I have been told I was selfish. You, you missed it, man. He said, I have been told. What is it? Where'd they go? Who's just here? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I've been told I was selfish, inconsiderate, proud, rude, harsh, and more. <laughs> and my natural response has been to say, no, I'm not. Like, I was like, 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 <laughs> he said that. I was like, I've done some crazy shit when I was, you know. Right. But I've never had somebody sit down and tell me that, especially if I'm already a leader of something. Right. Like, that's red flag all throughout. Red flag. Hey, that's the trend right now. Yeah. <laughs> red flag. Everything. You need to be red flagged out. And just now, you just writing this book. Now you talking about, oh well, now I don't say no, I'm not anymore, sir, sir. <laughs> Get your lives together. They all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> he said. He said. And more. But wait. <laughs> but wait. There's more. <laughs> So that, yeah, I mean, I think that was like, that really did kind of eventually kind of filter down to something that sounded like a really great, you know, recommendable practice for somebody who was in spiritual leadership. You know, like there was, um, he, he froze in a verse from Matthew says, uh, agree with your adversary quickly while you're on the way. And, um, I don't want to read the whole thing at all. That's triggering. <laughs> so, um, basically this whole idea of like, not, not leaping to defend yourself when an accusation comes your way. Like, I've been given a lot of thought to, um, like, the the whole, you know, the hot water, the hill song's in right now about accusations and a lot of other maybe smaller scale issues where people who are pastoring or leading these massive organizations are under fire for behavioral things. And, mm-hmm. and there, yeah, there's always going to be that chance of a stray accusation or two that's unfounded or made up or whatever, but if you're going to Bible your way into reasoning a defense for yourself, then to take it full scale, I mean, you think about, okay, like, wouldn't you look to biblical examples of falsely accused people if you are falsely accused, right? Mm-hmm. And the top two that come to mind for me, Jesus himself and Joseph being accused of rape. And neither of those people built a case, lawyered up, tried to clear their name, they served a sentence mm, or something yeah. that wasn't mm. even justly like, put on that. That's true. So, but now Mr. Um, Mr. Ponytail, <laughs> Mr. Ponytail over here, out here in these streets, oh. <laughs> lawyered out the wazoo, even though all of this surmounted evidence against him. Why don't you yeah. do like, what? where's your, where's your JJWB, the WD uh, bracelet, sir? What, what would, what would Joseph do? <laughs> What is it, WWJD? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's, I mean, because that's like a really serious thing. That was something I seriously weighed out when I was, when I was really gunning for some kind of leadership position and saw myself as possibly being functionally a pastor in some way. Those, that was one of the things that I had to be honest with myself about. Like, okay, being in that position, you're exposed to a lot of people and suppose somebody does come out with some wild accusation against what, what is the right response in that case, you know? And I mean... I didn't see any, I never envisioned a more appropriate response than just listening, for starters, and then also knowing that, like, your own character clears your name. It doesn't, it doesn't mean but that you... the fucked up part about it is that they, they don't do, take that kind of 
plan or a way when it comes to them finding out there's an LGBTQ um, worship leader. They don't do that. They kick them right off the stage. They escort them out with security. Right. Quick and fast. But no, they have. you have somebody that has literally, what is it called? Evidence tampering. Right. You're supposed to get kicked off like the LGBTQ leader. Why are you yeah. still here? Why are you still here with your damn greasy-ass ponytail? <laughs> Showing off, having interviews, talking. What are you talking for? Accessory to a violent crime, period. Yeah. Am I right? That's what they call it? I don't even know what they call it. But, like, why is it, why is it different with you? Right. But it's that exceptionalism again, right? Right. I'm on a different level. Well, I've done done so much good. Look at all these people who are happier because we played music they liked. Yeah, but the LGBTQ leader played music and got people emotional and got your coins for you. Don't get, sorry, don't go down the slippery slope of who orchestrated and facilitated that music now. (laughs) (laughs) Get on my nerves. It's just like, you know, there's certain people that it doesn't touch. Right. It's just certain people that it doesn't touch. But I remember, I mean, I'm bringing folks in here. C3, they fired their worship uh, leader and they found out she was LGBTQ. They asked no questions. She was lovely. She was always doing, you know, right by people. She, it was just the fact that they found out something about her identity and they kicked her ass off. Why? <laughs> Yet here you are, a whole violent crime to a six-year-old. And you still out here, you talking. And you still talking. That's called... White supremacy, babe. That's what that shit is called. And, 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 and so, mixed yeah. in with the evangelical bullshit. Right. But yes. a, lot of, a lot of gears turning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Folks don't like it when I talk about the white supremacy, but I got to do it. I'm sorry. My neighbors don't like it because we know. It's <laughs> like, Mary, I no, we going to talk about this bitch. You want to be my friend? <laughs> you want to be my friend? Right. That's what we fit to talk about. That's what we fit to talk about. They sit down, they hear right? You know, girl, let me tell you something, girl. I gotta be, I gotta be, um, I gotta be scary spice for the Halloween party down there. (laughs) And I said, wait, hold up, I gotta do my research. This scary spice, I used to love her, that's my girl, but I got to figure out what's going on. There was a whole body of research behind it. Yup, because what I'm not gonna be doing is doing the token black girl. Don't get me wrong, I'll be there for you if you need me. We all humanity, we all in this together. But one thing I'm not gonna do is be a token black girl. So I did my research, and Mel B said that she made up that term because the, the execs were scared of her ass because she was opinionated. I said, oh, okay, bitch, we bought this. All right, I wear my stuff. I mean, it was it was tricky. You had to go through high school with a name that rhymed with scary. So. What was it? Fairy? What was it? Mary. 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 Oh, I thought they you. They never called me no scary Mary. Jimmy. where you get that oh, from? I I went to school in Jamaica, Queens. Ain't no black people calling me scary. I thought the Alfred kids said that. No, they call they call me Flamingo Legs. (laughs) They call me Giggles, and I was loud as hell, but they ain't call me no scary Mary. (laughs) Jimmy's like, oh shit. See my way out. Who is this book for? Um, I, like I said, the the the, 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 the folks that they got left, that they they trying to keep, the rest of the menus the, that they the got righteous, left. The righteous remnant will find. Uh, yeah, they try to keep them. They trying to keep them. So it's basically for victims, right? Who they want to keep victims. That's kind of how I feel like. Keep them quiet, 
and keep them not asking questions, keep them not digging into hurts and pains that they feel. When the hurt and the pain and it comes, get over it because yeah. that's not your person's intention. They was a pastor, so they mean good all the time, period. So. Right. I, th I think anybody who could get anything remotely beneficial out of this would have to, it'd have to be, it'd have to flow in a way that didn't have any kind of power dynamic also at work. It would have to be like, it could only go vertically or horizontal. Mm -hmm. Basically, like somebody else that's pretty much in the, on your oh, same yeah. level. Like, because I mean, that's what a lot of these like success stories were doing was painting it. It was, it was really building up this confirmation bias of what happens when somebody talks to somebody else in their in their camp or that's in of their same like family or orientation or status. What happens when you start a conversation about how they may do? Mm. Yeah, a lot of good things can happen from that. And that does actually uh, pave the way for actually actually reconciling. But um, I wish there was more of that in there, but wasn't. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, yeah. It feels like it's either it's just made to help somebody navigate a relationship vertically um, in a way that they could probably figure out with a lot of other better resources anyway. Uh, but yeah, beyond that, it's really just a way of kind of keeping that conversation from sifting through the through the different layers. You know, we can't. Um, you know, asking for accountability from somebody who who has an elevated status mm -hmm. that doesn't mm -hmm. really speak to that. Yeah, mm -hmm. this this benefits the predator. This don't benefit the person who's feeling the pain. Right, it's kind of a, causing uh, the pain. Yeah, like a firewall. Once you after you've punched down, what's your <laughs> what's your means of, of you know minimizing retaliation and consequences for having done? And that? then going and then going in and illegally crossing my boundary and telling me what my heart is supposed to feel when I get hurt. Oh. Like how dare you? Like, I gave you permission at the church. Now you in my you in my chamber quarters where I'm meditating and praying every night, and you're telling me that even in your heart, even when you felt, it's crazy because now I'm learning about feeling. And you remember how they used to tell us to suppress your emotions? Like Joyce Meyer wrote a whole book about that. You know, suppressing your emotions, suppressing it. When it's basically you're a whole thermostat, just letting the feelings are just letting you know where you at. Like you know when you about to feel, you feel like, oh okay, I can't take this anymore. This is bullshit. You know, my life is always gonna be like this. And then you realize. Oh shit! I'm on my period. Oh, okay, period about to come. Two point five days. You know what I mean? So it's almost like, okay, well, I know that my body is the hormones, but it's almost like they say, no, shut that down. Read some gauges. Right. Right. I remember when his father was trying it. His father was missionary, evangelical, extraordinaire, and he came to tell me. He came to tell me, oh, um, PMS is all in the mind. <laughs> <laughs> I was on, remember back? Jimmy had to drag my tail. I was on the porch. He had yeah. to drag me upstairs. Cause I was, some, uh, smiling I thought, and, some smiling and nodding. I was a chihuahua. I was like, ah, ah. I told him, I said, if you have a uterus, that's what we talk. Well, you have a uterus? <laughs> that's what you talk. Ah. Jimmy dragged me upstairs. But, <laughs> but that's, that's just how it is. It benefits the, um, it benefits the, um, the abuser, the person that's causing the hurt. And then the person who's trying to navigate feelings, I'm just trying to learn what, what this means. Like, what is this wave of emotion feel? What is this? Oh, no, ignore it. Right. You know, and I don't like that. It's very dangerous, and it's probably causing a lot of harm. So I'm going to tell you right now. Yeah, it crosses <laughs> some wires, you know. I mean, there there is a, a healthy practice of self-reflection and thinking how you can improve yourself, but then also cutting yourself some slack, giving yourself a grace through the process. And this kind of says, you know, focus on how to fix yourself and cut everybody else the slack. You know, give give the slack and the grace to the people who are wronging you. Yeah. Of, you know, so. Yeah. 
instead of letting that perpetuate a positive cycle in yourself, branch it outward and let it benefit somebody. Yeah. It doesn't allow you to process feelings of hurt. It just says, oh, I, I hated the way he italicized believe, you believe. I'm like, well, oh. isn't that the way that you know it's an offense? It's my, like, what the fuck is, like, I wanted to fight. <laughs> but I'm going to back off. I'm going to go. This is not my therapy session, Mary. Woosa, woosa. Okay, so looking at this book from the perspective that everything is permissible, but not everything is beneficial. Mm. So on a scale from 1 to 10, 10, this book is beneficial for everybody. 5, it's neutral, it's permissible, it's just sitting there, it's not doing anything. 1, this book is harmful for everyone. Where would you put this book? In the trash. <laughs> Put it, putting this book in the trash. What, what number is that? It, she, she asked me where would I put it, but it goes in the trash because it it, it steals away from your power. It it's a gaslighting book. It says, "Hey, your feelings don't matter in this equation." It's it's saying those feelings. No, shut up. Act like this. That's harmful because then you're putting a cap on those feelings. You're gonna explode one day. So. But you, I say in the trash, which means it's zero or one. <laughs> and Jimmy, what do you say? <laughs> I'll, I'll be as nice as I can and say there's at least a half a point available for the offhand chance that somebody in a position of functional leadership who does have a measure of power and status available to them can find potentially some arguments for why they should listen to people who are offended. There, There is a small crack of a opening for if somebody in power did want to see it a very specific way they could see a justification for why people need to be heard and why it needs to be an open flow of communication when it comes to navigates but you kind of have to do your own choreography to do the right mental gymnastics yeah. to yeah. get that conclusion yeah, so it's very hard to do that from it so that's why it's only a half yeah so it's a half a point point five plus yours makes it point two five <laughs> Zero, so one. Oh, I thought you were giving it zero. Oh, a zero, so yeah. it's a point five. Zero plus point, point five, five divided by two. Divided by two. Point two five. Oh, yeah, point two five. <laughs> Quarter point. <laughs> Rounded down. Meaning that the flies to might zero. find it. Rounded yeah, down. the oh, flies yeah. in the trash <laughs> might find it amusing. It might help their asses. <laughs> <laughs> it ain't helping See, in the 24 hours before they die. <laughs> right. you, thought, you thought Mike Pence's hair was something. <laughs> Look, this bullshit. Come here. <laughs> yes, that fresh BS. <laughs> no. All right. So he took it upon himself to decide offense was the bait of Satan. Went on the world tour. Still on the world tour, basically. You know, it's still getting platforms. It gets reboots, yeah. It does get reboots. Because I mean, we were hearing it in the mid-2000s like it was yeah, new. Yeah, like it was brand new. Because yeah. they had, keep rebranding it. It was already 10 years yeah. in by then. It was 10 years in by then. He wasn't, getting, he wasn't pushing books out like he was supposed to. Or yeah. it just he, really... Oh, he definitely... They he just was, did a book club oh, for it maybe a month ago. So because it's, it's still, so perfect in keeping minions. Keeping minions right. quiet. It's perfect. Yeah. You know, I get it. If I was some megalomaniac cult leader, I'd want them to read Beta Satan. So when I tell you to drink this Kool-Aid, you ain't asking me no goddamn question. This, this sounds a little dramatic, but I think it's the right word. Death rattle. <laughs> yeah. it's, 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 it's a symptom that shows the stage that something is at. 
dying. Uh, like, uh, you know, people people apply the term late stage to everything now. We're seeing late stage capital, capitalism happen. Uh -huh. We're seeing late stage evangelicalism. Uh -huh. I mean, it just feels like a late stage symptom. Yeah. A way to retain as much power as you can by whoever will be suggestible enough to listen to an argument you can piece together. Yeah. Copying and pasting the only thing they find authoritative enough. But if you guys were allowed to pick an issue, to go on the world tour, to go into all these churches, sell your book, people have to listen, they have to read your book, what is the bait of Satan? Oh, for us? Like mm -hmm. if we were going on tour? What would be the bait of Satan? Not listening to yourself. Well, first of all, I would change the whole bit. Because I don't like the way they're doing my Lucifer, because that's my homeboy. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's first off. <laughs> you know, the, the beta white supremacy. The beta evangelicalism, okay? That's what that is. But um, it would be not listening to yourself because that's what they, that's the whole crux of the whole thing is don't trust you. Trust me on stage that I know. Because when you start trusting you, because that's how deconstruction happens, right? You really go into the Bible. You really say, okay, I'm going to go back, I'm going to go read this. And you're like... That's when you start deconstructing. Right. It's not the ones that are just fo following blindly. It's the ones that say, I want to go and follow this by myself. And then we realize it. And so that real bait is when you're not listening to yourself, listen to the, listening to yourself. And you're going out and you're just following. And what, whoever's on stage, you're trusting that your pastor is holy enough and non-human enough. And you just start following. That's that real, that's, that's, that's what gets you fucked right. up. The, the bait of insisting power can only be expressed outside of yourself. Right. Right. That's it. That's exactly it. See, Mr. Benson, see, I'll talk it out and then he'll roll it back in and make it. <laughs> so, why you feel <laughs> He said, What you was trying to say, babe, is the banana of a Yeah, that's what it is. Girl. Maybe I can even come up with some Bible verse for that, you know, for that concept. It's real rough getting in the Bible right now. It's real rough. Because all I see, all I see in my head, every time I open the Bible, in my head, all I see is these old white men from like King James. Some crash of the old friars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, right. They all look like they're about to write the Declaration of Independence or something like that. They all <laughs> look like that in my mind. And I can't even read it. I'm like, no, I'm not taking it. Like it literally has to be like Sumerian text, <laughs> cuneiform tablets. Then I'll... <laughs> right. I'll take it from I'll take it from the, the books. Actually, Seriously. chiseled this out. Yeah, yeah. and then I gotta interpret, get my own concordance from Aramaic, from Sumerian, all of this stuff. That's when. But when it's English, all yeah. I can think, all I can see is the white people trying to tell yeah. me what to do, Every tell me the slavery is good. Good. Yeah. Pray for your slave masters. No, how about you? I bust them in his head. Right. I wish they would. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, are you offended? Are you offended? Right, right. How okay. come the Israelites get to get out of slavery and I don't? <laughs> well, you that know? Was, um, that was, I should have said it earlier. But yeah, that was like, that was part of my response to it too. It was like really genuinely getting sucked back into this place where I was, my self-examination was like at a really unhealthy place where I would always assume my fault and thing. And I really did for a split second start seeing myself like the person who's blowing things out of proportion and really being captured by uh, things that have offended me, you know. I think what it brought me back to was a, it was my last conversation with a pastor before we stopped going to the mega church. And it really felt like if I'm not able to articulate my grievances to the people in charge, then I'm not giving them a chance to do better. And I'm 
being the I'm being the party who's not willing to work through the issues. And um, yeah, it, it was kind of like a time warp back to that. That um, it was a good rip of time after we left that I felt like yeah I didn't really cover all my bases. I didn't go to senior leadership about my issues. I didn't bring up the the harsh specifics about why we aren't comfortable unable to stay. And it was a lot of self-targeting, seeing myself as, as the person who didn't didn't exit well or correctly or anything yeah. like that. And a lot of that I'm realizing was fortified by the exact reading material I was into. You know, like because that that is that was a good exercise in confronting some of the indoctrination I had been through. You know, now instead of it being from somebody I thought was somebody I could idolize and see as authoritative now I'm seeing it as like just a, a dude selling snake oil. Right, <laughs> so, right. Uh, That's true. So it was a, yeah, there was, I don't know if I would call it closer, but some sense of being able to just kind of put a lid on the way I was seeing myself as we exited and went through that process and realizing like, these people also had every chance to listen the whole time we were there. Yeah, Yeah, they did. There was a weekend where the church had gone through, they had hired some hotshot consultant to uh, find out like why retention wasn't working out. With my money. With yeah, my money. Yeah. Okay. Let's just make that and, and one of their one of their uh, brilliant suggestions was to do a um, to give everybody a three by five note card and write down anything that you think we could do better. And um, the, the, the slap in the face to me of like, okay, in all in all my by then, yeah, fifteen years of being involved here, this is the one time you approached me. For feedback is to say 15 years worth of frustration and every issue that's ever come up and put it on the soul card there's a problem when your father and your mother and your parents tell you hire somebody to talk to you and figure out what's going on with the family right we're right that's, here there's a problem we okay? are right here you spent money you took my money to go hire somebody who he works in fortune 500 companies you could have kept all of these coins gave it back to me or something no, but you get him to ask me questions to give him an index card so he can say, oh, I did my job and go back home on his plane. Right. No, thank you. <laughs> no, thank you. Right. So. Well, no, so. Oh, yay. Palette cleanser, because we cannot recommend this book. What is something you would recommend? Could be anything. What would I recommend? I mean, you're into a lot of books right now, so you're the. Well, mine is real. It's niche. I'm I'm looking at like herbal medicines and stuff like that. And yeah, it could, but be, it, it could be anything. Um, when it comes to offense, let your body feel it. We've been depriving <laughs> our bodies for so long. Let your body express itself. Mm-hmm. It's angry. She want to say she's angry. Let her say she's angry. As long as it doesn't hurt yourself or others, let her say she's angry. You want to go fight in the air? Go punch the air a little bit. You could do that. <laughs> you know? Scream into that belt. Yeah, like if you say, I don't like this person's tone of voice. Let's ask yourself why you didn't like that. Well, I didn't like the infl- I didn't like the way it was like that. Uh, what's what's going on? You know, I think we should, we need to, because he was calling it selfish a lot. He kept on saying it was selfish, it's selfish. But actually, okay. it's like, let me ask the truest thing that I know in this reality right now is my own body. I don't even know if Jimmy's real. <laughs> he could be some numbers going and I'm just <laughs> like but the one thing that I know is real is me right now and I'm and this body is saying these things and and giving these like emotions and signals and flags and saying hey listen so I always say to listen learn how to listen to ourselves because in Christianity we're taught not to so now you've got all of these years to now relearn or to learn about your body and learn what your body is trying to say in, in different emotions, anger, sadness, whatever. So that's my recommendation. Go within. Just just yourself as a... As a person. Yeah. You know? 
That's over the box. Oh, wow. Right. I thought you were, <laughs> were going to say a book title or something. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I do like me some books. Right. Always kicking it with Lucifer. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Isn't that crazy? Are, are you the beta Satan? Right. <laughs> I'm the whole baby Satan. <laughs> Satan getting all these problems. Satan got so many books out by the Christian community. It's not even and in closing, the love of God is the key to freedom from the baited trap of offense. This must be an abounding love, love that continually grows and is strengthened in our hearts. So many in our society today are deceived by a superficial love, a love that talks but does not act. The love that will keep us from stumbling lays down its life selflessly, even for the good of an enemy. When we walk in this kind of love, we cannot be seduced into taking the bait of Satan. The key to freedom from the baited trap of offense. Wait, is the trap offense or is the bait offense? This book is over and I still do not understand how the title works, but that's okay. I'd rather that than be like John Bevere who still doesn't understand how definitions, stories, footnotes, research, context, power dynamics, or communication work. I'd call him Raka, but I don't want, actually, I will call him Raka, it's fine. What do I say about this chapter? Let's see, this chapter is nine pages long, but felt much longer for some reason. The word offend is used two times. The word offended is used 10 times. The word offense is used 13 times. The word offensive does not appear, but offender made its second appearance in the whole book. And of course, he immediately makes the offender a victim. Many people apply the scripture verse in a different attitude from the one Jesus was intending. If they have been hurt, they will go and confront the offender in a spirit of revenge because revenge and anger are the only two speeds that John Bevere knows. That's what he expects every feeling that is not supplicating love to lead to. And this chapter, this last chapter, is the most frustrating and the most circular. If John Bevere believed any of what he says about how to handle offense, this book wouldn't exist. This chapter is dedicated to reconciliation, which he never defines. So what does that even mean? And it's driving hard to basically have people going out of their way to say, I forgive you, and say it nicely. He says, We should not go to a brother who has offended us until we have decided to forgive him from our hearts, no matter how he responds to us. Because if we approach people too forcefully, we might make them feel condemned, and then it doesn't count. And he would know because, I have wronged people who have confronted me with condemnation. As a result, I lost all desire to be reconciled. Lost all desire to be reconciled? I underlined that and replaced it with was offended. They confronted me with condemnation. As a result, I was offended. Or is losing all desire to be reconciled not a form of offense? I mean, he never defined it, so who's to say? But what I will say is, why? Why this book? And I can't answer it any better than Marion James. It's just a tool to manipulate and control. John writes, Has someone ever come to you and said, I just want you to know that I forgive you for not being a better friend, or for not doing this or that for me? And when they have blasted you, they give you a look that says, You owe me an apology. You are baffled and stand there in confusion and hurt. They did not come to reconcile your relationship, but to intimidate and control you. And you know what? That should be the blurb on the back of this book and the testimonial at the beginning of every chapter because that is exactly what this book is and what it does. It's propaganda trying to make you believe you owe leadership apologies for every time you are hurt. And that's crazy and abusive. And it only makes sense if the God who set it up is also crazy and abusive. And maybe he is. 
As much as John makes a huge deal about God forgiving us all before we even ask, it's just not true. If God truly sent Jesus to pay the price before we can even ask, then we would never have to ask. What Jesus would have done would have been enough for everyone, for good. But the whole idea that it's available, but we have to jump through certain hoops to get it, and then other hoops to keep it, and then this one very specific hoop that Jesus snuck in one random word and one random verse that John Bevere had to write a whole ass random book about, that's not nice, that's not good, that's not loving, and I just don't buy it. And no one should ever buy this book, ever, 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 not for any reason, unless it's cheaper than firewood. At this point, I just can't unsee the white male privilege that I was going to say birthed this book, but this book wasn't birthed. It was spewed. It was spewed up from fear. The fear of losing control, the fear of being held accountable, the fear of reaping what you've sown and having to repay, the fear of others no longer listening to you just because you tell them to. This book is coming up on 30 years old and I not only hope it doesn't make it, I have legitimate hope that it won't because the world is changing so fast and the powers that be are being shaken. And I'm no John Bevere, but I think the book you hold is quite possibly the most important confrontation with truth you'll encounter in your lifetime. And that book is you. We are all compilations of historical facts and fiction, of language and stories. We are comedy and drama and tragedy. We are inside jokes and secret codes. We are calligraphy and scratch paper. We contain multitudes and we have an emotional log that is always running and always trying to help us make sense of it all. And there is no shame in that. So thank you for joining me for this episode of The Bad Book Club. I certainly hope you had a better time listening to this episode than I did reading that chapter. This book is a war nobody asked for being waged by an emotionally stunted tyrant. If you are enjoying this podcast, please remember that sharing is caring. Tell your friends, leave us a review on Apple, and remember to show love to my guests. Hit the show notes for info on where and how to find, follow, and support them, and to check out links to better things than the bait of Satan. Feel free to hit me via email, my DMs, the comment section on Instagram, if you have any thoughts, comments, questions, and that's it for now. I am Janice Legata, and this has been an episode of Bad Words, but here are some good ones. From Janice Legata. Be angry and sin not. They will try to convince you that anything discomforting is sin, demanding forgiveness as finished absolution for what they won't begin to repent, so forget it. Remove yourself from tables with seats contingent on denials of the tensions. Move forward in the truth and pay close attention to which parts of their gospel go without saying. And don't let them take the teeth from the phrasing. To sin not begins with be angry. Be angry. Be angry. Be angry.